Let's talk about money. This episode is all about money. Gap years don't have to be expensive and there is more money available to you than you think. So if you are in the process of figuring out if a gap year is for you or how to make it come true, check out this episode. sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. And welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and resident Gap Year expert. Today we are talking about all things money. So how to fund your gap year. Now this is a point where some people get held up, I guess, before they even can commit to the idea of a gap year because they have this um, misunderstanding that a gap year has to be expensive and you have to strap on a backpack and, uh, and head around Europe for 12 months. And the reality is very different. The price tag on a gap year can really range across the board. There are some incredible long-term programs that provide exceptional service that have higher price tags. And if that is accessible to you, those are incredible experiences. But if that is not accessible to you, that doesn't mean that you are not going to have a good experience. There are other programs out there that offer uh, experience, similar experiences at a lower ticket cost. And there are things that you can do for no cost at all. It's all about doing your research and finding the things that are the right fit for your gap year. And I think that's really where we have to start this conversation. So let's back up a little bit. So before you can even get into budgeting, uh, you have to realize that your gap year is going to cost you something. The only person I've ever talked to that has said their gap year was a waste of time was somebody who simply worked for the year. They got a job at their local grocery store and that was the only thing they did was they worked there nine to five, they came home and they sat on the couch for the rest of it. And they really felt that the year had just slipped by them and passed away without them actually moving themselves forward. So yes, their bank account was a little bit bigger, but they didn't feel that they had grown or changed and they felt that they were behind for a year. Now, everybody else, even if they were working for the majority of their time, they had built in some other component, some sort of interest activity. Maybe it was a trip. Maybe it was earning a certification or taking a course or learning a new skill. And those things cost money. So I really want to encourage you to uh, address this idea that even if you are in a situation where you want to be earning money, please, please, please put aside a little 
little bit of money um, that you do earn to having a memorable year. I want to make sure that you're making the most of it. So whether that's money for a larger experience or money for um, some ongoing fun and excitement, a membership somewhere or um, a a smaller event with your friends, make sure that there's something in there that's going to help you grow and develop and stay excited. So when you're looking at your gap year, the very first thing you need to do is you actually need to define your goals. So this is even before you start talking money. Um, So you've come to the decision a gap year is the right thing for you, but before you can fully commit, you need to know if you can afford it. But actually, you really need to figure out what do you want to happen on your gap year? How do you want to grow and change? And you'll hear me say this again and again, but you have to start with what are your goals for your gap year? And once you have an understanding of what you want to achieve on that gap year, then you need to have the conversation around money. So what is your budget? As a family, as an individual, what money is out there and available for you? Now, I think it's really interesting, and we'll get into what are some of the the ways that you can put all of those pieces of that, that money that's available to you down, but people always ask me, well, what should I budget for my gap year? And the the question always comes up and, and the answer varies family by family. But if I was to give you a rule of thumb, I would ask you to look at this as a year of educational growth or personal development and look at a similar budget to what you were prepared to pay for a year of post-secondary. So that again ranges. If you were going to go to the local college, you were going to take public transit, your budget is very different than if you were looking at heading to an Ivy League school in the U.S. Those budgets are very different, but it serves as a really good guideline. And I want to just put it in perspective because people will always say, well, I'm not earning credits, so why would I spend money? And I want you to look back on your life at all of the things that you did spend money on that helped you grow as a person. So whether that was participating in Kumon or tutoring or taking piano lessons or guitar lessons or even a gym membership, Uh, perhaps you got your first aid certification or you did driver's ed. All of these things have price tags associated with them and you took them without thinking because you knew that they were going to put you closer to your goals. So I want you to think about your gap year in that way, with that in mind. All of these things that we do on our gap year are an investment in our personal growth and understanding what our next steps in life are going to be. So there is value in that. There is a dollar value that you should be mentally associating with that growth. And later in life, you are going to spend money on professional development to upgrade your skills and to make sure that you're staying relevant in the workplace. So this is just something we need to change our mindset on a little bit and to accept that money makes the world go around and uh, spending money is going to be just um, something we have to do in life and we will come out the other end better for it. So now you've got your goals and you've got a rough idea of what your budget is. And the next thing you need to do, so you've got your goals, your budget, that's step one. Step two is you need to do your research and find out what you want to do and and pop down what that price tag is. Um, But don't edit yourself. Don't look at it and say, oh, that program is too expensive or I'd never pay that for that program. Just put it down as is. No editing, no judgment. Just make a list of all of your dream lists 
of things that you would like to do. And this will give you flexibility later on in the process to really figure it out. So um, that's what you want to do. Step three is you need to make a more detailed budget because I think we can pull a number out of thin air, but that's not that's not terribly helpful as we uh, continue to go down this path. We want to make sure we have some more accurate numbers. So you need to put a list on one side of all of the sources of money. So that's all the income, all of the ways that you are going to get money. And then on the other side, you need to put all of those expenditures. So what are you going to be spending money on? So the focus of this is really on the, the income side. So where, where are those sources? And um, I really hope to help you identify what they are and what they could be, because I think that there is a lot more money available to us than we realize. And if we sit down and we spend an afternoon really compiling all of these ideas, I think that we, you might be surprised with what you can come up with. So let's focus on that income side here. Now, the obvious one is to get a job. And I think that that is what most gappers do for the majority of their year is they get a job. And you have to decide and understand how much money of what you're going to earn is going to go towards your gap year experiences. So how much do you need to put away in terms of saving for post-secondary, whether that's college or university or elsewhere? Um, and how much of that is going towards your experiences. So make sure you do a little calculation and figure out what your take home pay is. So that's after all of the deductions, because if you're earning $15 an hour, you're not getting $15 an hour in your bank account because you're getting all of those deductions for taxes and CPP and EI and all of those things. So you want to make sure you know how much is accessible to you and then do a projection. Say, okay, I'm going to be earning $15 an hour and I'm going to be working 20 hours a week and there are 30 possible weeks that I can earn that money. And you can put that down as what you would earn um, for, for, for your job. Um, so that's one thing that you can start to calculate. Um, when it comes to working, there is the, the formal job where you get paid by an employer, but don't overlook some of the other ways that you can earn money by working. Maybe um, it's picking up some babysitting. Maybe you haven't done that in a couple years, but uh, still a great way to earn some extra cash or maybe there are things around the house even that you can do that your parents would traditionally pay someone else to do that you could offer to do and earn some additional cash that way. Um, so there's other ways that you can work in order to earn some additional money and every dollar is going to add up. So think about that. So the, the obvious answer is jobs. The next is to look at your savings. Um, did you have anything in the bank that you are prepared to put towards your gap year experiences? Were you saving up for this for a long time? Uh, were your parents saving up for this? Is there anything in the bank account that, that's already there that you can put towards this? Or maybe you want to repurpose something. Maybe you were saving up for uh, a new phone and now your priorities have shifted and that money you would prefer to go towards your gap year experience. So think about that. So we got jobs, we got savings. The next one is to think about uh, all of the opportunities where people are giving you gifts. This is a great 
place to start to ask for something different. And although in the moment it's fun to open a gift, uh, receiving cash or, um, or, or other pieces towards your gap year can be really beneficial. So think about any religious holidays, birthdays, um, anytime that you would traditionally receive a gift, is there an opportunity for you to direct the gift giver to either asking for cash or perhaps there's a particular experience that you want to have that requires some sort of specialized supplies. So if we go back to our traditional example and maybe you need a backpack to travel with, um, maybe you want to ask for that, or maybe you are taking up a new art form. Maybe you're taking up photography and you need a new camera. So maybe you can ask for them to contribute towards that as a gift. So not only are we thinking cash, but we're also thinking, what are those other components? And if cash isn't accessible, is there an opportunity for them to donate things like air miles? Uh, how many grandparents out there have a stockpile of air miles and maybe they're not going to use them? Maybe they can use those air miles to put towards a, a trip or a particular resource for you through some of those reward redemption programs. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. So um, if you've got a, if you know someone who has a stockpile of rewards points, um, hold on to that thought. We'll, we'll address that in a second. So we've got jobs, savings, and gifts. The next one is time to get a little bit more scrappy here. Think about uh, all of those fundraisers you did as a student raising money for your school. There are equal opportunities for you to take on a fundraising role for your gap year experiences. So maybe you are going to have a bake sale. Uh, maybe you're really good at baking or you're going to sell jewelry that you create uh, or you want to connect with a formal fundraising program and sell cookie dough or wrapping paper or uh, chocolates or Colonel's popcorn, whatever those fundraising initiatives are. Um, maybe you want to get involved in that. Or you have another particular skill that you could leverage. Maybe you're good with photography and you'll do a fundraiser so people can make donations to you and you can take family photographs in return as a thank you. Um, so think about what your skills are and if you could turn that in an, into an opportunity for a fundraiser for your GAP experiences. So now not too far off from that is crowdsourcing. And uh, this, is, this doesn't have to be create a GoFundMe for this entitled trip that you want to go on, but you would be surprised how many of your friends and relatives would be prepared to kick in $20, $50 towards your experience. So if you had um, even 10 people in your life that would contribute $50 to your experience, uh, there's $500. And I think we overlook the generosity of people, but you need to come at this crowdsourcing, not just as a give me money opportunity, but how can you really showcase to them the impact they're going to have on your life? And what is that story you can tell? Now, I've had some folks that have done uh, similar to GoFundMe campaigns where they were releasing the, a, uh, an album. They were musicians. And if you made a donation at a certain level, they would send you uh, a song. Uh, they would, you could, you could request a song and they would make a cover of it. Uh, I have other people, um, for Movember who, anytime you made a donation, they fill, they, they wrote a haiku and posted it to social media. 
media as a thank you. So thinking of those fun ways that you can incentivize people, but also tell the story as to what they're contributing. And uh, upon your return, make sure you are telling them how their donation or their money helped you to grow and change as a person. So fundraising and crowdsourcing, a little bit similar, um, but you can just take it for uh, what's going to work for you. Um, there are also lots and lots of scholarships out there. And I don't think people are always aware of this. We think scholarship equals university or college. Um, and there are so many opportunities to receive money for non-traditional learning opportunities. So I'm going to give you just three quick examples. Uh, but if you jump onto Google and start to do some research, you're going to come up with a ton more. So RBC Future Launch has a, a scholarship available for non-traditional learning and skill development, and that would be one that you could investigate. Uh, the Youth Travel Foundation uh, is another organization that offers travel scholarships and travel grants um, for solo travelers, group travelers, um, and people wanting to make a difference. So again, money available out there. And then the last one I'm going to name is the, the Travel Access Project. They offer scholarships specifically for gappers who are going to be traveling. So think about what those activities you want to do. And, and some of these examples were travel related and some of them were not. Um, so the, the RBC Future Launch Scholarship, for example, could be put towards um, learning how to weld. If that's a curiosity for you, uh, they could pay your tuition for that. So whether it's travel, whether it's learning, always see if you can explore and do some research and see if anybody out there is providing scholarships or bursaries or awards for those particular things. So again, going back to those goals. Now, these independent scholarships are not the only sources of financial aid. Uh, if you are going to be traveling or working with a formal program of some kind, whether it's an educational institute or a travel company or a gap year program, you really need to ask them a lot of questions and see what financial aid they have available. So some programs and organizations have early bird discounts. So if you book early enough, you can, you can secure a spot at a lower rate. That's one way to, to get some re financial relief. They also often will have scholarships uh, or bursaries available based through the organization. Now, some of them are needs-based, so that you would have to have some sort of proof that you had a financial need in order to cover the cost of whatever the program is. So that's one thing that they have. Some of them will also have merit-based scholarships. So that's people who can prove that they have done exceptional things and um, they, they are deserving of a reward for that, a financial reward for that. Now, don't be intimidated by either one of these types of scholarships or bursaries. Make sure you ask what the criteria are and apply. In working with GAP programs for a long time, a lot of these, a lot of this money goes unclaimed because people feel it's out of reach for them. They don't think that they are poor enough or they don't think they are accomplished enough to even apply. And I would say it is well worth your time to fill out those applications uh, because you never know what might be possible. So um, just get in there, ask questions and find out what you can do. 
The other thing that we're starting to see pop up, and this might be something that you could offer these organizations, perhaps you are particularly good on social media or a good photographer or videographer or writer, uh, maybe you can offer that in exchange for doing some photography or blogging or vlogging on your trip, that maybe you can provide an exchange of your content and your thoughts in exchange for a discount on the program that they're offering. So anybody out there looking to be an influencer, this is how the world works um, because content is king. If you can um, donate your time and your resources and document uh, your experience, organizations are always looking for new content that highlights their programming. So that would be something else that you could explore and put on the table and offer if you wanted to work with a formal program. Now, I think that there's some things that some people don't know. So if you're applying to various programs, it's important to actually uh, check in and see if there are any very creative ways that uh, you can get some discounts or some rebates. So there are a couple programs out there that are actually RESP eligible. Um, so if you do have an RESP savings account, uh, the funds that are in there could be used towards their program. So for example, Discover Year is a registered educational institution and therefore their program is RESP. ESP eligible. Uh, other programs are charity based and so part or all of their programming is a charitable donation and therefore you can get uh, a tax receipt for that and receive some, some credit against that. So that again can uh, make the, the price tag a little bit more digestible because we know we're going to be offsetting at tax time. Now I said before that you can pay for your programming with, um, or you can ask for donations from all of the rewards programs that people have. Now I wanted to put on your radar that there is a program called Higher Ed's higher ed points. And what this organization does is people can donate their Aeroplan or TD Travel or American Express or CIBC rewards um, to you. And you can use that to pay for various educational experiences. So um, all those donations convert into basically gift certificates for colleges or universities. And something I wanted to highlight is that the Canadian Gap Year Association is actually eligible to be paid through uh, all through higher ed points. So if you are considering purchasing the gap year planning toolkit, or if you are considering joining our enhanced gap year support programs, all of this could be paid through uh, your Aeroplan or TD Travel or other rewards programs. So check it out at higher ed points and uh, they will be able to, to take you through the process. You register with them, you donate your your air your rewards points and uh, that gets converted and they will pay us directly for our services so might work out in your favor so definitely check that out and then as a little bonus, don't forget to check the seat cushions, the 20 bucks you find in your jacket pocket. Don't run out to Starbucks and spend it on a coffee. Put it in a jar, put it under your mattress, wherever you're going to keep it, because all of those things will add up. Um, so now you've got a pretty good idea of where the money could come from. Now, if you look at the money 
coming in and it's not still not matching the money that you would like to spend on your dream gap year, you're going to have to make some adjustments so those numbers come closer together. So one of the things that you can do is if you were looking to have a high ticket price item, uh, maybe move it farther back in the year because that will allow you more time to earn money at your job. So if you were thinking of uh, maybe traveling, maybe traveling is the big ticket item. If you were thinking of traveling in February, maybe you want to push that to the summer because then you will have an additional couple months in order to earn money. Now, for certain things, you do need to remember that there will be some sort of deposit due or you need to book flights or any of those higher ticket items sometimes need to be paid a little bit more in advance of the departure date. Um, But if you do push those experiences back, you do have more time to earn money. You can also look at the programs of your dream list and if they're just financially not accessible, look at it and figure out what part of that is what you were really hoping to do. So for example, if you wanted to head to France to learn French, you wanted to live in the French countryside to learn French, there are other ways to make that happen. So if you had a particular program and it had a $10,000 price tag, I'm just pulling these numbers out of the air, you can actually look at other things, but you need to figure out what is so important or exciting about that opportunity because it could go one of two ways. Let's say that opportunity was exciting because you wanted to be in France. So instead of paying a program to study French, perhaps you want to actually explore working in France. So through International Experience Canada, you can actually get a two-year working visa and go over and work in France and pick up the French language uh, a little bit differently. But if you're actually excited about learning French, if that's the important part of that trip, you can look at how could you do that at a lower cost. So for example, the Explore program uh, is a Canadian program that's heavily subsidized by the government. And you, for a very, very low price tag, you could head to a French community in Canada and learn French. So looking at what is going to be exciting to you or what the reason that opportunity sounded so exciting was, um, you can find an alternative for that. So think about that. And lastly, at some point, you're going to have to make some choices and you're going to have to cut things from your budget if the numbers just aren't adding up. So really look and make your pros and cons list if you have to choose between two programs or two experiences and really figure out which one is the right one for you. So whether it's the one that excites you the most, the one that puts you closer to your career and educational goals, um, or something that's going to bring you more happiness. So really it's all about decision making. So there you have it. We've looked at all sorts of different ways to fund your gap year, and we've looked at ways that we can bring uh, your earnings and your savings closer to the budget that you want to have for your gap year. Now, if you do need some additional support with this, I highly recommend that you check out our gap year toolkit. This is a program that will take you through your gap year planning steps, everything from that goal setting bit through to budgeting, through to 
researching through to uh, actually putting together a month over month plan and at the end actually evaluating what some of your roadblocks might be and how you can effectively execute on your gap year plan. So you should 100% go to our website and check out our gap year planning toolkit. It has all of the resources in one place so you don't miss any of the opportunities for gap year planning. So whether you've committed to a gap year or you're just exploring, it's a really great way to check out um, what you could actually accomplish on your gap year. So there you go. There's all the information I have for you this week. I hope you have a great one. And until next time, keep on adventuring.